What's up, guys? Our wrestling podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Jess, the Total Package, and Cuz, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industries, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Will someone feed, just feed me today's topic? Hit it, Cuz. You already know. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's the legacy of Ron Simmons coming at you. This will be a good one. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel. On social media, give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or Facebook at our wrestling podcast. Uh, Jess, what made you come up with the idea of Ron Simmons this week? I do like it. I just It kind of came out of nowhere for me. I truly don't know. Ron Simmons, <laughs> he got in my head somehow, and then I was like, "Oh, we need to do a legacy of Ron Simmons," and that was it. It, it, it really is something like yeah. we love Ron Simmons. It's not even a question. It's just yeah, the way he's been able to prolong career, even when he wasn't working anymore. He's he he brought that work to the back, and he can show up on any televised syndicate anywhere and just give him thirty seconds, and he will blow the roof off with a what? Cause you know, <laughs> he's damn. <laughs> He was scrambling. <laughs> not, not, not that one, <laughs> but definitely the first one. I don't know what it is about Doyon, but it, it soaked in our heads forever, and it, it's fantastic. But he does start out much sooner than that. Do you guys have anything you want to say before we start? No, rock into, it into it. Rock it. Rock let's right do it. In. Well, let's get into the early years. Born in Perry, Georgia, Simmons was uh, attending Warner Robins High School, where he played football as a tight end and linebacker. In 1976, he was named Lineman of the Year and First Team All-State by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, I can tell you, uh, seeing some pictures of Simmons, the dude was massive even then. Uh, he was considered one of Florida State's greatest recruiting victors when he signed out of high school. Uh, Simmons, uh, sorry, Simmons played four years from 1977 to 1980 as a defensive nose guard at FSU, under Coach Bobby Bowden, who Simmons described as a second father. That's sweet. Earning uh, consensus All-America honors in 1970 and 19... I'm sorry, 1979 and 1980. The Seminoles were 39-8 and eight during uh, Simmons' years at the school, finishing in the Associated Press top 23 times from 77 to 79 and 80, and earning back-to-back Orange Bowl trips after Simmons' junior and senior seasons. He's a talented uh, <laughs> there you go. He's a talented man. <laughs> yeah, super talented man. Uh, in 1979's, uh, 1979, Simmons finished ninth in the Heisman voting behind the winner, Charles White of USC. In 1988, Simmons' jersey number 50 was retired by Florida State University, the third time a number has been retired in school history. That's saying something. Uh, Ron Simmons was inducted into the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame for his accomplishments while playing at Florida State, and he was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2008. He later had a brief career stint in the National Football League, selected in the sixth round of the 1981 NFL Draft. He played for the Cleveland Browns, there's your problem, in 1981 and 82, (laughs) and the USFL Tampa Bay Bandits from 1983 to 85, and it was in Tampa where he was a teammate of a future professional wrestler that you might know of Lex Luger. That's how you get into the business. Like, think about that like, career. Even though he was yeah. young, he had like a full fucking life like before he got into wrestling. He was already set before wrestling. I yeah. mean, he was super uh-huh. active in football, like in his college, high school years, college years, and a little after college. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's crazy. I bet he has the type of house from that. 
that you would walk into and probably say, damn, like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. So let's get into those NWA years with Jim Crockett and WCW. Uh, Simmons joined Jim Crockett Promotions in 1986 as a lower card talent. And a little note, too. Uh, right before mm-hmm. that, he actually started in, I, I'm sure he wrestled in some other territories before, but he started in Bill Watts' uh, UWF, the Bill Watts oh, UWF for, of like 86, 87. And then when the merger happened, he pretty much just uh, came aboard to uh, uh, Bill Watts' UWF. And then when Crockett bought UWF, that's how Simmons ended up with Crockett NWA. Wow, he was acquired. He came on over. Came on over in the merger. In October of 86, he was programmed in his first TV angle with Tiger Conway and Shaska Watley. Am I saying that? Yeah, I love Shaska Watley. He was funny. (laughs) We got to do a legacy on him next time. Yes. Um, He, being Ron Simmons, not Shaska Watley, remained undefeated until being defeated by Ivan Koloff at the Omni in Atlanta, February of 1988. Simmons remained dominant in singles action against lower card competition for the remainder of 88. But Buckle down, waiting on the menace. You talked about a rocket, watch this. Coming off of the shoulder, down on the menace, and then covers him. You can it, make, go ahead, Jim. Make of that one, Tony, with a Richter scale right there. That was some impact. That's when it's fourth and one, and they're trying to get that big first down to get in the end zone, and, and Simmons just stands up to the center and plugs the whole middle of the line. He did a great... But in March of 89, Simmons began hinting a heel turn was coming away. He would break rules and show an aggressive streak. He cheated to defeat fellow babyface Junkyard Dog. You just don't do that. What in a, a match where shit. referee Teddy Long gave a fast out <laughs> and would allow questionable tactics <laughs> by Simmons. Yeah. To break the hole, Jay. And Simmons right on top. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, come on here. Winner of the match, Ron Simmons. Well, that is... That's ridiculous. Yeah. Look at holla, that. Holla, holla. That's, that's amazing. T- Teddy Long was doing it even back then, you know? Yeah, he was a legit referee, too, Teddy Long was. Yeah. For a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, during the tag match, Teddy Long came down to the ring and convinced Simmons to walk out of his partner during the match. Simmons would leave TV. However, soon after, a mass team called Doom debuted with two large and muscular masked men their manager was woman amazing they defeated the steiner brothers at halloween havoc in 1989 let me repeat that they being doom defeated the steiner brothers at halloween havoc in 1989 doom Doom in the masks too you you did not know it was simmons or butchery at this point unless you were unless you you didn't know unless you knew. Right? I didn't even know if the insiders knew that much. I mean, maybe if you under, if you could look at him and be like, oh, that's Ron Simmons, maybe. That's crazy. Uh, however, on the unfortunate side, the team would quickly fall apart. At Starcade 1989, they lost every match in the round-robin tournament. Woman would dump the team and join the horsemen, leaving the Doom team members without a manager. And then in February of 1990, the Steiner brothers defeated the masked men and forced them to unmask. They were revealed as Ron Simmons... And Butch Reed. Uh, shortly after this embarrassing loss, Teddy would become their Teddy Long would become their manager. Yeah, I don't know why that happened. Like you earlier, it was Teddy Long convinced Simmons to you know Teddy Long was becoming it. Away. Yeah, he got suspended for being a referee for questionable. It was like a Danny Davis thing. 
And he was suspended sure. uh, for questionable tactics, and then he started <laughs> recruiting Simmons, and he convinced Simmons to walk out, leave his partner one day, turning heel, and then Simmons just went off TV, and then these two mass men debuted without long. Women was their manager originally, and I always thought that was it funny. It doesn't make sense. I think because who was the guy who originally started it. I almost, you felt, almost think it's contractual issue. And yeah, of, for some odd reason, they took like a, a couple of months break, like, you know, between well, Simmons. The hard part Kenny. about that though, is like, why would you have them defeat Steiners under the mask? If you well, they wanted to push him. I think they wanted to push him, And then, yeah, I, I don't know why. I was like, Hey, see, this is what we're going to do for you. Yeah. They're going to be the Stannis. But it's WCW. That's all, usually the answer is well, and that could happen easily in WWF too. I, I think I, me guessing it sounds like a contractual thing. The only reason why a big name person like that would be under a mask is because if they job them out, you don't know who it is. Like technically, so that's what I'm thinking. Like they wanted to team them together. Something happened because it would have made sense if Long would have started. You know, like calling to Simmons, convince him to leave the partner or whatever, and then he brings in Butch Reed to be his partner, and then bam. like That that seemed like a nice continuous thing they could have done, but for yeah. some reason they took like a four, a three or four month break from talking about Simmons, and they put him under the mask. They were managed by a woman. They, it fell apart quick. It only lasted like four months, their relationship, and then woman sure. left them, and now Long's in, and then they lose a match uh, for the masks, and there you go. Now now you know it's Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. That is kind of a weird detour. That's all I thought. Yeah, me too. I just where does it go? Yeah. Unless unless it was a contract. That's that's before. my best guess. Speaking of contractual weird stuff, in a pay per view called Capital Combat, Jesus. one of my favorites. No. Um, that's fantastic. In May of 1990, Doom defeated the Steiner Brothers again, but they defeated them to win the NWA WCW Tag Team Championships. This is where they, meaning Doom, are actually considered the first. WCW tag during this is when the beginning of the fallout with the NWA started. So they technically won the NWA titles, uh, but Turner had already bought uh, Crockett's promotion and turned it to WCW in 88. So in that whole year turmoil that they're fighting back and forth at the NWA and how are we going to do this or whatever? um, They had that falling out right in the middle of doom's reign. So doom, they did win the NWA tag team titles, but then they became the first ever WCW Tag Team Champions after the NWA and WCW decided to part ways. Yeah. Simmons back in, double axe handle blow. Long is, wait a minute. They double team Rick Steiner from the second row. Can they hold him down? He oh, did. No. Long he did. inverted the referee. Still has won the world titles. Ladies and gentlemen, the winners and new world tag team champions, Ron Simmons, Betrayed the team of doom. Yeah, so that's kind of yeah. interesting. A lot of people don't uh, know that. Yeah, and I gave it to you guys as a fucking gift. There you go. So. You're welcome. During their nine month title reign, Doom would defend the titles against top teams such as the Rock and Roll Express, Ric Flair with Arn Anderson, and Arn Anderson with Barry Windham. Pretty uh, pretty stellar stuff going on there for nine months. It's a pretty decent matchup to uh, to bulk that team up. Uh, but Doom would then lose those WCW tag titles to the fabulous Freebirds at Wrestle War ninety one. That was in February of ninety one at that time. The loss would split up the the, the team of Simmons and um, oh gosh, Butch Reed, terrible Butch Reed. Thank you. And would win the feud against oh, and Simmons would actually win the feud against Butch Reed, defeating him in a cage match at WCW Super Bowl. Uh, one that was that was Super Bowl one in May of ninety one. Simmons would drop Long as his manager and then churn face. I think it was two. Reed missed the roundhouse. Oh, yeah, Buster. Yeah. 
I think it was too soon. Like I, I like. First of all, I just a lot would, of people like Doom. I would like to announce that Doom is one of the best tag team names ever. It's oh, just oh, a yeah. badass sure. name. Fucking Doom. Like, what's your name? Doom. Like, okay, <clears throat> it. That's Doom. what it is. Like, you do whatever you want, Butch and uh, uh, Ron. So uh, I just think that I loved uh, Doom. I know Joe, our all our mutual friend, uh, loved Doom. Like, uh, he's like yeah. just a badass name. But looking at it now through 2021 eyes and adult Jess, I think this is a good time to start talking about what's something we're going to get into anyway. And that's like, they were two black men that were put together and they weren't saddled with the stupid gimmick, uh, anything stereotypical or anything. Doom was just doom. And and I loved going back and looking at that and recognizing that because you're in a land of, especially if you were in the WWF, but wrestling in general is kind of like stereotype city, right? You have the Russians are always evil. Uh, Anyone from Iran, it's just a terrible person. They're evil and uh, they have curly shoes and they'll kick you with foreign objects. You know, like they have every, you know, so and then Vince would blow up characters and snakes would come down and dogs and birds would come down. But I really liked looking back here at Doom and just seeing that they just went with let's just market these two guys because they're amazing athletes and cool as shit so let's put this cool ass doom name on them so i think that is a big milestone for him and we're going to talk about him and his influence on the black community coming up especially with the way they portray him later in his singles run but uh, Mm -hmm. i think it's just really cool to look back on doom and they didn't again i'm guessing i'm i'm hoping and assuming that ron simmons and butch were just didn't go for that shit meaning like nah we're fucking, we're doomed. We're just going to wear black tights and we're going to fucking clothesline you. We're going to kick the shit out of you like demolition. And we're going to spine buster you. We're going to fucking do all this stuff because that's what we do. Power slams, like just a badass, like straightforward, stiff stuff. And uh, I love Doom for that. It's really a precursor to what AWA, APA, excuse me, yeah. would become with Simmons and Bradshaw. But back here, Doom was kind of. I, I, I was thinking, I was thinking very Road Warrior esque. Yeah, come in and and just punish people. They had black you know? electrical tape around their wrist too, instead of the white tape that most people always wore, and I love that shit too. So, like, I really wanted to start touching on that because it's refreshing to look back here in like in the eighty nine and ninety, and they were just like, oh, there's Doom. They could have done anything stupid, right? Like mm-hmm. with their because you know. Uh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, Tatanka, all wore, they're Indians, so they have to wear face paint, they have to wear a headdress, and, you know, there's so many others st- in the land of stereotypes. Again, oh, you're from Russia? Oh, you're evil, you're Russian. Like, you know, it's just, but here, just, it was just two guys, you know, Tito Santana had a sombrero on his tights, for Christ's sake, and he became a matador, like, after a while. Like, so in a land of, of they're gonna stereotype Characters. you at some point it's refreshing to see like none of that bullshit played out it was just they were doom and they were cool they were really really cool yeah. and they were cool yeah I, I, absolutely i wish it would have played out a little bit longer but getting into that I agree, singles yeah. run just getting into that singles run uh ron simmons would defeat mid cartel such as diamond stud and oz oh. um better known oh, as and a little note too uh he gave oz his first loss ever they, when they launched Oz, Oz wrestled like Welcome two or three times. And, yeah, Ron Simmons. Uh, go back and look in our archives for that dumpster fire. Ron Simmons is um, the first man to beat But I think Oz. it's fantastic that you actually have Razor Ramon and Diesel here. Yep. Uh, but just as Diamond Stud and Oz, for those of you at home, didn't know those were the same people. Um, throughout the summer of 1991, he would destroy those guys. And October of 91 at Halloween Havoc, he would hire Dusty Rhodes as his one-time manager to challenge the Lex Luger for WCW world title in a two out of three falls match. 
This match was better than anyone had expected. I hate to say it, Luger is a bit of a dumpster fire himself, and it's very difficult to mesh with him. Uh, I, I think Ron's, I think Ron Simmons figured out how to do that. And not to mention, if Simmons can control a match a little bit, it shows he can hang at the top of the card and be a bit of a ring general, I think. I, I love this match. He, yeah. It's one of my favorite Ron Simmons matches. And of all people, Luger was involved. I remember specifically getting this pay-per-view because I really liked the buildup and stuff. And again, it was Ron Simmons was All-American, and he was running up the stadium stairs and the training videos and stuff. And then Luger was like... I love that stuff. Yeah, Luger was like in just a sterile gym, you know, pumping. It's crazy. It's awesome the way they did it. Luger was a heel. It, it's, seriously, it's like Rocky versus the Yeah, Russian. like Luger was a heel here and everything. And it was two out of three falls match. And I'll never forget the first fall. He spinebustered the living shit out of Lex Luger and pinned him. And like the place like, went crazy. And, and, and like, like, what? Just a Dusty Rhodes thing in between falls. Rhodes in this corner going, baby, you got to get your heart into it, baby. Like it was really cool the way they did all of it. I really... <laughs> Really cannot recommend the Lex Luger. I'm Lex Luger versus Ron Simmons from Halloween Havoc, and I don't mean that to shit on Simmons at all. He handled this role perfect. Like his first main event match as singles wrestler, like he did yeah, wonderful. This is a great, great For match. Sure. Halloween Havoc '91, two out of three falls. Yeah. He ended up yeah. losing, even though, but you know, yeah, he, even though he would end up losing, the time he spent backstage with Rhodes helped him really define his career to that point. So that's when you kind of got get, the inkling, like, oh, like, you know, something like, might there, so there's something yeah, here. people something like that Ron we didn't Simmons. know is here is here. And that's where we get into the WCW World Championship picture, along with his departure. Even though Simmons had an excellent showing against Luger, WCW was still in a major management turmoil in the back, which is what else is new? That's like Tuesday for them. Right. Um, he floundered around being Simmons in the mid car for the first half of 1992 and fused with Cactus Jack, and he would defeat him, being Cactus Jack, at Super Bowl II in February of 1992. He would also tag with Junkyard Dog against Mr. Hughes and Cactus Jack at TV tapings and at house shows. But it was, Yeah, this then, is the big yeah. one coming here. Like, yeah, it was yeah. weird. It's like they just this is they where it put him turn. in the main event, and the only reason why stuff like this happens is because WCW went through so much shit in the back all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, booking committee would get replaced every eight months. And they would so. never know who they had, what they had. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm just glad at least they kept him in the mid card or whatever. But, yeah, it's like, how do you put this guy in the main event? You get everybody charged up. Uh, and, by the way, um, in the the feud with Luger, it's not funny. I'm not – I don't know why I'm laughing. But – uh it's how tone deaf 1992 wrestling was is Harley race get, they have this confrontation uh, uh, and Harley race was the manager of um, uh, Luger and they go to sign the contract and of it. And I don't remember it. I can't remember. I'm trying to find it online too. It had to do something with something like, yeah, Simmons, like, don't worry. Like when you lose your chance here or whatever with like Luger, um, that's fine. I could always use another limo driver. Like it is, it was terrible. And like, wow. <laughs> so like, I remember like them heating Simmons up back here. I, I know I just praised them for not, you know, putting a stereotype on doom and everything, but I think it's almost inevitable at the very least, like Simmons was being featured. I'm not saying that has stuff has a place even to try to get heat, but it, it got some heat. Like race had no problem, like getting in there and doing it. He'll do something later here too. When we start talking about, uh, uh, this year too. There's another promo for Vader. I'll, I'll just say it. Wrestling has a lot of black eyes in this time. It frame does because they don't. They, they they're, they're you can do a lot of things to get heat without doing what what was done in the 90s, and it's just it, it, it's here. You can't. I have to say though, it got worse later. 
Like it got worse in the Attitude Era. It really did. Like it got That's worse. True. We would think the '80s and early '90s were like the biggest stereotypical kind of improper tone deaf sort of. Uh, but then I'm like thinking of shit that got like thought up during the Attitude Era and even right after in the Ruthless Aggression. And I was like, that was way worse than anything ever. <laughs> Do you want to, anybody want to talk about the Mexicals for a second? Like, yeah, that was like late. You know what I mean? It's like, holy shit. It's like, just, it was way worse. Yeah. It got way worse. But again, don't you don't you dare play. The I'm not going to talk about play. it at all. It's just, yeah. So race made that comment. At I'm the, get really uncomfortable right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. On August 2nd of 92, at a house show in Baltimore, Maryland, a scheduled title match between Sting and WCW World mm-hmm. Heavyweight Champion Big Van Vader was canceled <laughs> after Jake Roberts and a kayfabe situation injured Sting. WCW President Bill Watts responded by holding a raffle. A raffle. <laughs> All right. You just bought a, you bought a ticket. <laughs> And all the wrestlers had to buy so it. I could have put, put my name in, right? Um, you had all the wrestlers determine, that are digging money out of their wallets and shit. Like you didn't, you didn't know who the who the next Can person in line was going to be. Like, come on! So they no, held they a had the raffle, raffle to determine the it number one sting, contender. It went Sting, and then everybody else. That's the way it went. It's w, WCW, and, um, and to put it in context here too. So before this house show. Vader beat Sting cleanly at the Great American Bash 92 to win the heavyweight championship yes. and pinned him for one, two, three. Big it was kind of a shocking moment. So Vader just <laughs> Vader just like a month and a half before this been crowned king. So uh, another promo that Harley Race did coming in. He was being uh, Ron Simmons is being interviewed by Jesse Ventura. This is before this house show. And uh, all of a sudden, Race comes out and he starts running. And he has Super Invader behind him, which it, it, it was Hercules under a mask, but he was just called Super Invader. And so uh, he's running down Sting because he heard Sting talk to Vader. And this is it must have been right before a Great American Bash because uh, Harley Race referred to Sting as world champion. So he's like, you, uh, Jesse Ventura, just heard the world champion Sting run down Vader. He's in trouble. And then he looks at Ron Simmons and he starts poking Ron Simmons in the chest. And he's just like running him down. He's like, you need to be a good little errand boy and go back and give Sting a message for me. And he's all, first of all, and play something crazy he's like maybe you got my name wrong my name is not gopher and it's not the 1800s i ain't your gopher you back tell him your damn self and like the place goes nuts and then so they so race looks at him and goes i'm seven time world and i'm paraphrasing i'm seven time world champion and when i was world champion i had a boy like you carry my bags and simmons kicks the shit Bro. out of him simmons kicks the <laughs> shit out of him oh he's he's like <laughs> Let me tell you something, Mr. Simmons. Seven different times I was world's heavyweight champion. And I had a f- like you carrying my bag. Well, that was Terry Southwick. What a distasteful remark. And Simmons has got a bottom boat. The Super Invader hammering away at Ron Simmons. Race. He slapped the shit. No, out he of kicked him, him right in the gut, and then he starts hammering Good. on him, and then Super Invader goes over, and then they double team Simmons, but Simmons gets the heat back and clotheslines race and races bumping like crazy. And he's like, do it. And I was like, oh, like I was like watching that segment going again, tone deaf, 1992. I mean, yeah, totally. But, but race would have bumped on his deathbed. Oh, seriously. fuck yeah. Race just wanted to do yeah. it. I think race was just like, Simmons probably was like, I respect you. And race is like, oh no, I'll say something and you will hit me. Like, and I guarantee you, like, that's probably how it played out. But uh, yeah. again, they're trying to get little racial heat on Simmons. Now, I'm not saying it's terrible. I I I, I, get, I guess to try to get heat. But did Vader Real need he, did Vader need a heater? 
Vader was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Vader did it. And I don't think Luger needed a heater either. Like, just. I always laugh, too. Did, 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 did he even need Harley Race? I don't think so. Like, at one point. I, Probably. You're right. I like the team of Vader and Race for sure. But, uh, but yeah, all that was kind of leading up. So they were shooting. I think they kind of knew they wanted to get Ron in the pitcher. I don't know. I don't think Sting was legitly injured when Jake debuted here. And, and I, because I remember. Yeah, they said that you said, that according to their notes, it's a kayfabe injury. Yeah, I, so. I don't know if maybe Sting was just, they just wanted to. I, I think it protects Sting because you knew you wanted to run with, you were thinking about running with Vader for a while, maybe, but. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, it, like you said, it, it's just really weird. It's it's odd that there was like just Sting all of a sudden was a number one contender and then now he's this, not. This one sentence, like, really kind of shocks me it, the way you wrote it. It's just like, really? Because when you think about who he's doing, too, like Simmons won the raffle and defeated Vader with a snap scoop power slam to win the championship. So that's Ron Simmons scooping and power slamming a nearly 400 pound man. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's that's insane. Like that. That's that's he ridiculous. Was strong, amount man. He was a beast. Of strength and power to be able to do that. By defeating it was actually, Vader, and it's Simmons, a good match too. By the way, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's this a match. very good match. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're only talking about one piece of it because we can only do so much in a legacy. But um, once again, like Simmons can carry matches; he can work. We've known that for the entire time we've followed his career. And Vader's no slouch either. So these matches that look like they're going to be bad because it's two massive people don't actually turn out that bad because Vader Vader is deceptively fast and doesn't blow up. And Simmons is in amazing shape. He's just a massive guy. And to be able to take, I don't know, what is it, probably a 10, 15-minute match and be able to scoop slam him after all that is pretty impressive. But by doing that, Simmons becomes the first African-American WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And one of the first recognized black world champions in wrestling history. I just want to let that sink in for a second because there have he been black that world champions, but it's like the black world champion in Memphis. Yeah, this is a major promotion, a worldwide promotion yep. that's dealt in Japan and other places. There's only a few that may be bigger. WWF is one of them at the time. He's the first recognized black world champion in this type of sport ever on a world level yeah right exactly and that's what i was going back because i they just kind of pushed him as like the first ever black heavyweight champion which they're like ernie big cat lad and and there's been other people that have done it but they've won like a big regional championship no small feat but this is like they call it a world championship but it's after this is not after like vince took over the world and all the territories died out and all the indies were kind of just shriveling up and it was just wcw and vince left here at the beginning of the 90s like Simmons was the first African American wrestler to ever win a, a world heavyweight championship on the national scale. WWF gets all the credit for being national. So was WCW. They were, they were, they traveled the U.S. They weren't as popular on the West Coast like WWF was, but they were still they were on TBS like for years. Yeah, That's they had a, the television. Yeah, they had the television. Yeah. So they reached across the United States. Uh, WWE might have had a bigger foreign footprint. But um, that was irrelevant at that time. They were one of the big two. They might have been a distant two. Vince was number one, obviously. But at the same time, WCW was still the second 
you know, promotion, albeit only one of two, but it did. WCW was still a big part of my childhood and, and it was easily accessible. And for Simmons mm-hmm. to yep. do that, and they did it again, they did it right in that sense. I don't like that he won a house show. I'm not defending that, but they yeah, did the whole stupid. just saying, I, you're going to read on here, and I'm so disappointed in this run because uh, with the company, not with Ron Simmons. Let me be clear on that. Um, this could have been so special. The first ever. African American heavyweight champion, like I, I mean, they could have had Simmons with a year on this title run, like you know, like they could have done. I don't know. I, I, on top of my head, Simmons versus Flair, Simmons versus Sting. Simmons, there's this. How about how about putting Arn in there with him? I, I don't know. I think like, Simmons versus running through the horse. Yeah, Simmons just, versus Arn. Simmons versus Rude. Uh, Simmons versus Oh my God. Simmons yeah. versus Austin. Uh, like I mean, just, all, <laughs> well, just crazy shit. We we we. You know that's fantasy booking. Austin wasn't nearly where they thought he was, but yeah. Well, he was great. part of the Austin, he was part of the Dangerous Alliance, like you know at that point. Could have been so, a feeder. Yeah, could have been, been, been a great. So there could have been a lot of stuff, a lot of really cool shit they did, yeah. and 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 I just I and then they, they do it like this. They do a big shock. They do a raffle. They do all this stuff or whatever, which is fine. And then I, I go back and watch the Vader match here. It's on YouTube. Um, it's really really fucking fun. And again, it's. It's only fun. I liked it when it happened, but I look back on it now again and, and everything we're facing in the world of today. Like, I, I just remember it holds up. people jumping up and down. There's one fan that's in the front, and he, he was African-American, this fan was, and he was jumping up and down and scissor kicking as he was holding onto the rail. That's how excited we take for granted um, a lot of our heroes. And then when an African-American person can get that recognition... It means a lot. Conrad Thompson on, I don't remember which uh, podcast it was. He has so many. Um, he was talking about uh, Harlem Heat and uh, he loved the Steiners. Conrad nope. is. But he had a, a African-American friend that he grew up with and they were over watching one time and Harlem Heat won the tag titles. And he was so excited, his friend was. And he said, God, his friend was celebrating hard. Like kind of, what? And uh, he was just like, yeah, it's cool. You know, I like Harlem Heat too. It's, it's kind of cool, I guess, that they won the titles. And his friend looked at him and just said, you know, you like the Steiner brothers? And he goes, yeah. He goes, that's how I like Harlem Heat. And then Conrad's like, like years of just, just, oh, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because they're African-American and so are you. Now I get it. Like, he never thought. He just thought, oh, yeah, well, the Steiner brothers are good wrestlers. But when his friend said it like that, it's I'm getting goosebumps thinking I think, about it. I, I think it's – well, I personally think it's more than that too. Because yeah. His friend's like, don't you understand someone like me is yeah. on that position that you that the Steiners were and that you used to cheer for. They're my Steiner brothers. And that, and that quite like, frankly, to be real about it, a lot of people have held that – held that type of wrestler down for years. Yes. And then they and finally get when I watched, I think, I think personally, Jess, it's bigger than Conrad liking the Steiners. It's bigger than that. No, that's uh, what, that's for, what Conrad said. Like just them. on that little, yeah. they're just talking about two tag teams. It's and so much more. When than his that. friend said that it was so much more than just a tag team debate or like a, what it's, and it's so much like, more than oh, just having like, the Steiners being yeah. your favorite wrestler. Too. You're comfortable because someone, someone like you, and I don't mean that to be disparaging that phrase, but that's how, you know, it was. And, Someone like you, oh my God, like they achieved this high level. You can do it too. That's what every kid wants to see. And, you know, when someone that is your skin color or like you does that, you're like, I can now too. You know, I think it's crazy. You go back and watch the crowd in this when Simmons wins. I mean, this guy is jumping up and down. That was his Hulk Hogan. 
Like that was, and yeah. not to compare the legacies or anything because it's not about that. It's about <laughs> he's me. He's like me, and like look, what he that, just what that film, yeah, at that moment that he it, just beat Vader. He it. just There's, pinned Vader. He's the world well, champion. You have to, you have to like, put it. Like, you have to put it in the context too, just to be fair. Just to keep, just to kind of get paint it with the right brush. Is that Hulk Hogan being a champion for four years straight is great if you're a Hogan fan, but when when someone that has been kept held down because of race, creed, color, whatever, finally does what someone like Hogan does. It's so much more important because of the industry, because of what's been put in place and what's been put in the way that somebody else has to overcome, which is much bigger. It's much bigger than Hogan winning, winning a title. It's much bigger than saying, and let me be like, clear. The whole place went crazy. All colors, by the way, yeah, they, they, but they I mean, blew, I, yeah, was, yeah. Simmons, I was just Simmons focused won, on some of them that were just yeah. so, they were jumping point, up and down Simmons like they won saw. everyone over. Simmons had Simmons yeah. was over with everyone, but it's because of the fact too that someone like Simmons, where nobody thought it could happen, and nobody thought somebody of, of that creed and color could could make it. Like, yeah, he can do it, and and he could do and he could do the work. I, I, the the thing is, we're talking about how disappointing the run is. He he really did get the shaft. I think Simmons is a great ring general. I think he could. I think he could control every aspect of a match if he had to. But he also allows people to bring their stuff in and make it good, make it fun. To be able to go from certain people and then go to Vader and make it good, that's that's the talent of Ron Simmons. And he was and pushed right. Like, he wasn't, again, he wasn't stereotyped. He was the all-American Ron Simmons. That's awesome that he was able to have yeah. that title because like that just that pushed him with everybody. He was equal. He should be. And it's amazing. Like, you know, when you go back and think just the all American Ron Simmons, people were like, hey, he's fucking American and he's working his ass off and he's fucking. And that's what it's all about. It doesn't well, that's matter why everyone what you look up. like or what he you represented the hardworking class. You know, I wish I wish that was wish that was entirely. true. Well, you're right. But I mean, like it, it these moments like this is 1992. Uh, it's impressive to go back and look. It's, and a, then, it's an amazing step forward yeah. is what is what. We're yes. Trying to say. And, and we got to live through it. And I know it's just silly wrestling. Right. We're talking about. But I think a but lot of not. things in regular well, culture impacts people's lives. And, yeah. and, and this, the thing is, it's not. And here's why. Because you can go to any any uh, I want to say for saying real. I don't like to say real. But for any real type of sport where the outcome is just the better person, the better person is going to win. But in this situation, it's entirely controlled being real by old white folks in the back. Yeah. And to be able to break through that is a testament to Rong's ability, his character, his patience, his ability to work with others. I, I, I think it's an incredible testament to him as, as a human being. And for someone to say, yeah, he can do it. And for some old white person in the back to say that he can do it. Uh, I'm, I, I'll, I'll never not be impressed with Ron Simmons. And we, we honestly haven't even got to the part where he was made entirely famous. You right. Know, yeah. Um, later on. So yeah. it, it's, he still it's has amazing. long ways. But yeah. He's, it's he's amazing. Still climbing. It's, it's incredible. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> Simmons' world title run was short and mismanaged. Imagine that at WCW, something was mismanaged. He would defeat, he would defend his title in the middle of the card at WCW Halloween Havoc in 92 by defeating the barbarian. Of all people, and I love me some barbarian, but putting him in the world, title, yeah. But a world title uh, pitcher, come on, yeah. come on. And against Doctor Death, Steve Williams subbing for Rick Rude, that's just unfortunate because I would have loved to see a Rude Simmons. They match. they were set; awesome. it was supposed to be Rude versus Simmons for the WCW title at Arcade '92, but Rude got it. And that's bulked up Rude too, by the way. That's like that's like chunky monkey Rick Rude right there. So yeah. um, that would have been good to see. Uh, and he was just put out a couple weeks uh, due to injury at Starcade of '92. 
The match was absolutely awful. It ended in a double count, not probably to protect Simmons. Um, no, it was also no, not to protect Simmons. No? It was Bye. it was for no reason. Let me tell you. So okay, first of all, this horse shit of <laughs> making your world champion. Why, why wouldn't you just put him over? He's your champion. Not, just put right, him over side, right, right. Why the and I'm why like, the okay, fucking barbarian? <laughs> I mean, so just saying, I I, I like the barbarian too. I, you know what I, I feel I'm like you, you put well, you put the barbarian in thinking Simmons is going to have a long run. He's got to start somewhere. Defeat the barbarian. No, then, no, bigger, you only do bigger. that to me on syndicated television. You never put the barbarian as a world heavyweight champion contender <laughs> and make me pay money for it. That is horse shit. That is a disservice to that's disrespecting my wallet. First of all, secondly, it's disrespecting Ron Simmons. Like. Seriously, he's your world champion. Sting was facing Vader and Rude and big ass Luger, all, all those people in that last year. And then Simmons fucking wins the title, beats Vader, makes history, and then you give him fucking Barbarian? Come on, man. Like, what the and, fuck and then, are you doing? And then you have to give him Steve Williams, too, which is like. Well, and uh. they base this whole pay per view, Halloween Havoc, around Jake and Sting, which is fine. I'm not saying you can't do that, but, but that's not your world title. Give him a credible opponent. Now, so if I'm remembering again off the top of my head, it could be wrong. I think it was supposed to be Cactus Jack versus Simmons here, but Cactus got injured before Havoc. Cactus was in Barbarian's corner, and they were like kind of buddies. So I think that's what happened. But even then, and I love me some Mick Foley, but this was 1992 Cactus Jack. He was not the Cactus Jack that we know um, or that he became when he became Mankind and you know brought Cactus to WWF. So even if you gave him Cactus Jack, the fact that you're still putting him on the middle of the card, and Cactus Jack was a mid-carder here. There's, uh, I mean, it's like they did the same. Brett was champion around the same goddamn time into the same fucking thing with Brett. I'm watching Brett defend the world title against fucking Virgil on Saturday morning wrestling, which I'm like, Hogan would never do that. Like you compare him to champions that were recent. Hogan would never do that. Oh, Hogan look, would never, still doing it now. Hogan still would doing never it now. wrestle in the middle of the card on a pay-per-view when he was champion. And he would never wrestle someone like the barbarian. Never brother. It doesn't work for me, brother. That would be like, no offense. That would be like Hogan defending the world title on a pay-per-view in the middle of the card yeah. against Rick Martel. That's yeah, what that's that would the be. Point. It was in the middle of the card. Yeah. Uh, Williams was only wrestling tag. And then, yeah, the going to Starcade, he's supposed to fight rude. Okay. WCW gets a pass, but the sub for him is Dr. Death Steve Williams. Let me speak on Steve Williams for a fucking second. Oh, so right. I respect his Japanese career. I know he's a tough yes. guy. Everybody he's tells the same story, especially JR. If you listen to him till he's blue in the face, but Steve, Dr. Death Williams, and, and, and he died of cancer and I hate that shit. And like, I respect him as a wrestler and I've seen a lot of his Japanese stuff and he's a stiff mother trucker. He's super tough, built like a brick shit house. However, he had just wrestled tag wrestling before. He was yeah. teaming with Terry Gordy, and they used him, Dr. Death, as a substitute. What's wrong with Terry Gordy? For, no, nothing is wrong. But he just literally was wrestling only tag team wrestling all the months leading up, and then he's the replacement for Rude. It goes Rick Rude and then Steve Williams. Give me a fucking break. Like, it give me a break. Like, and, and if that's the case, you should have squashed him. They're sabotaging. The and then it match. ends in a double countout, Dave. You should be more mad than me. You hate that shit on pay per views. I, I do. I do hate it. So who were they it. protecting? Steve Williams. Steve. We don't want Ron Simmons, our world champion, to pin a tag wrestler. Steve Williams. Is that was? Is that how they decided that? Is that how they said? Let's you, have a you, both. Yeah, you've totally convinced. What me. the I'm fuck just, are they doing? Who's back there, Vince? It's yeah, legit. Simmons, honestly, it's Simmons, legit Simmons sabotage. Simmons should have larried him and scoop slammed and walked out. Hell of there yes. And Hell yes. And, it, and it. by the way, that wasn't the main event of Starcade. 
Another, another two pay per views in a row where the world champion defends a title against a less opponent, lesser opponent that doesn't deserve the shot in the middle of the fucking card. What are you trying yeah. to do? And that, and that shows a right? lack of faith in somebody, quite frankly, that was way over. And there's a lot of reasons that we could talk about that we speculate, but I already know. We all know why. You know, God damn it. I'm just telling you. I'm just saying. Uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, let me get, let me. You could jump to the Ad House show in December. Yeah, in December of 1992, Vader would defeat Simmons in a goddamn house show to regain the WCW. So Simmons wins it at a house show, and then Vader wins it back at a house show, and then in between, they let they make Simmons defend the title in the middle of the card against lower mid card wrestlers. Amazing, amazing. How do you fuck that up? How we say that about WCW all the time about certain things, but seriously, I was that's what I was saying at the beginning. How special could this reign have been with all that history and what he did and what he accomplished? And, you know, like, holy shit. Holy shit. They fucked this up. Bad. Yeah. Could have been amazing. Um, Afterwards, Simmons was regulated to mid-card status in 93. Because that's what you do to former world champions, by the way. You just throw them down the fucking card. Just put them mid-card. He eventually became a bitter heel who felt like the fans abandoned him after he lost the championship. Simmons unsuccessfully challenged Dustin Rhodes for the United States Heavyweight Championship. And Paul Order for the World Television Championship during his last months in WCW. So this is a classic job out. Uh, by the spring of '94, Simmons was working for WCW without being signed to a contract. Also, Simmons was briefly managed by Sherry Maltzer during this. I time did not know quietly, that, by the way. I don't think I ever yeah. saw. They must have aired a syndicated match or something where Sherry was Simmons' manager. Up. That's kind of crazy to think about. It's weird. Trying to make something work, but he yeah. quietly left the company. So th- this this is the classic. If you're not if you're not ready to make a move and they know they don't want anything to do with you, they're gonna job you until you finally quit. And that's what they did here. It's fucking trash. It's, tra- it's a bunch of think, trash. I don't think anybody wants to admit that, but that's what happened. It's a bunch of trash. Why wouldn't you resign him if you really wanted to keep him? Right. And and I, I, and Simmons was a, a younger wrestler at that time. But and he did everything it. they wanted from his match. Exactly, with, he didn't cause any problems. Yeah, from his match with yeah. Luger to to what we he dealt with all that shit. Like, and that's fine. Like, not everyone watch. can he be world champion, issues, but uh, let let him win the U.S. The title or something afterwards. Let him be a force. Let him fucking develop. Heaven forbid you make a oh, fucking man. star. Was, Jesus Christ. WCW. No, but let's hire Flair back for the twentieth time. Let's get Hogan in here. Let's get Savage in here. Fucking a, like what amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been hard to live with, man. <laughs> I bet it has. At I least he feels has. guilty, that Hogan. He should feel guilty. <laughs> I do, brother. <laughs> Sorry, um, Brooke. I mean, let's get into the good. Let's get into where it gets a little better for him in, in the World Wrestling Federation. After a brief oh, stop yeah. in ECW, Simmons would join the WWF as Farouk Assad. He wore a less than fatter, uh, flattering singlet. Look at Cuz behind him. God damn it. With a blue. It's always about foam with Vince at this time. Gladiator helmet and chest pads. Sonny would be his manager, which is the only good part about this gimmick. Maximum. In July twenty second of nineteen ninety six edition of Raw, he made his debut by attacking Ahmed Johnson. The mm. attack caused Ahmed to forfeit his, his ice title to take Ooh. time off. I think was Ahmed already kind of hurt here. I'm trying to remember. Him they did the yes. whole kidney thing. He yeah, he, he, he actually. Had a, you're going to read on here too. Yeah. Oh, he had. He had, Oh, that's right. He had his kidney issue. Yeah. yeah. He like he almost died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was he was in bad shape. 
In the following IC title tournament, um, he would actually lose in the finals to Mark. Mero. So stop. Um, God, so sorry God about that. Damn it, stop. Unfortunate. So <laughs> you might say, Jess, you're bitching about the way WCW treats him, and then he gets debuted in WWF like this. I would agree with you. However, do not underestimate the power of the WWF machine. So yes, he did debut in a stupid foam shit and helmet and whatever the fuck is behind cuz. It's it's lame. But bro. the thing is, it is super lame and like and and he he puts Ahmed out even though Ahmed was, you know, he was not healthy. On his way so, out. So yeah. yeah. So then Ahmed fit, wouldn't you think that he would win the goddamn tournament, win the fucking IC title, but instead he loses to Mark Marrow. What the fuck? Like what? <laughs> but again, but again, the only reason why I give the WWF the pass over the way WCW handles him was the WWF machine. When Vince fucking puts money behind you and he averaged, nobody does it better with vignettes, yeah. with all that stuff. So again, as dumb as he entered WWF here, well, he was in a much better place, uh, even though Vince wasn't going to put him up at the top of the card per se. Like, I, I think Ron they, Simmons... They, they, knew they, they knew they had dollar signs. Yeah, Ron Simmons knew, anything. like, you know what? I'm in a better place. They know Vince pushes wrestlers. He He's from wrestling. He bought the company he from He pushes his dad. gimmicks. Yeah. Once every, you find the right gimmick, he'll yeah, put Yeah, every eight on. months, yeah. they fucking hire someone new for WCW, so I'll never catch on here. But, you know, so I don't... I love his choice to go from WWWF. You wouldn't uh, think it was a good choice by watching the way or just what Dave read about the way he debuted, but it gets better. Go ahead, I'll, I'll give sure. you uh, the perspective of a kid watching it. Um, you know, not I wasn't thinking like as a kid that that was goofy looking. I do think it's goofy looking now, um, but that wasn't what was on my mind. It was like, wow, look at this big behemoth Ahmed Johnson. And then this new guy just comes out of nowhere and like destroys him and injures him. And and his mm. kidneys and he's like I think he was even coughing up blood if I remember Ahmed Johnson yes. like they they were playing all that and like to me and this is just the talent of Farouk too uh, at this point Farouk Ron Simmons um, it it made you think like wow like I I'm thinking like this guy this is real like this guy is real this guy's mean this guy's really mean and now uh, how is how, how are my heroes are they going to be able to stop this guy you know what I'm saying even like, more reason I that think, he should have won the IC title tournament or I mean he's. You know, he puts yeah, he Ahmed out, you fucking let him win the tournament, and he's icy champion, and he put Ahmed out on top of it. So that's a feud waiting. But to if a kid does get healthy, someone like that, yeah. No, yeah. You know? And then to a kid watching that, um, like me, I would want to see one of my heroes overcome this, you know, this big obstacle that well, just Ahmed came in and coming took out back, of the right. like Ahmed. Like, yeah. Or yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Back. Yeah. I didn't care for Ahmed yeah. even as a kid, but you know. Right. Pull roof or punch. He well, was over. Ahmed was over. I have to say. He was actually though. He was November of ninety six. Farouk would lose the gladiator gimmick. And drop Sonny as his manager. He would form a renegade faction called the Nation of Domination. Yes, and I love this version. Based on I know no one of Islam and Black Panther Party concepts. So those original members were Farouk PG thirteen, which was Wolfie uh, D yeah. and JC uh, Little Rapping Gang, and Clarence Mason, who and, was the manager. Yes, and Crush actually, and, and there were three other guys that were actually yeah, the original. Vega. They were at, no, they were Crush. actors. Oh, oh, oh! Remember oh, when he first him, started? Yeah. When he first brought yeah. in Clarence Mason, he was doing the promos. There were three guys yep. that were dressed like him, and they were yeah. part of the nation. So people just thought they were three brand new independent wrestlers they were bringing in or whatever. They were actually paid actors exactly, because they didn't yeah. know how they were going to book the rest of the gimmick yet. So they put, uh, they brought PG thirteen over, which uh, you know, as Conrad would say, I don't know when we're going to ever talk about them again. PG thirteen was cool as shit, dude. I loved. Yeah, them. they were. They were. <laughs> they, were they came from the USWA, and they were really fucking fun. Like they were really funny, and uh, they were just two skinny white guys in there, like just fucking rapping and like just yep. you know 
talking like you know with street talk and stuff like that but they took the best doomsday devices i've ever seen like they, oh my god <laughs> dude they would but, they're the best but they were, yeah they were like these little two little bitch antagonists like right next well, to always, Farouk, that always know? got their kind of yeah. comeuppance, but protected the major uh factions of the group. yeah that's how it works so that that was but the original shortly, nation was yeah. three paid actors clarence mason but those and three 13 those three paid actors get replaced right yep. shortly after yep. crush yeah, Savio, dilo crush. brown and Savio Vega joined the group. I, Two out of three ain't bad. You can decide who. How the third dare one is. you? Oh no! I didn't they know you didn't like Savio Ahmed Vega. Johnson. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Los Puricas, eh? They would feud with Ahmed Johnson and LOD for the first half of '97 at WrestleMania 13. They would lose a six-man street fight against Ahmed Johnson and LOD. underrated good match. That's, Go back and watch. That's it is, it is cool. a good match. It's a really good match. And after an unsuccessful attempt to win the WWF Championship from the Undertaker. At King of the Ring 97, Farouk would fire crush Mason, PG-13, and Savio Vega. Um, you should have only fired one of them. Stop it. He would then recruit Kama, so you deduce that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and uh, Ahmed Johnson keeping D'Lo to be the new bigger, badder, better, and blacker. His that words. Was actually said, it's right? It was said, yeah. uh, nation of domination. Um, well, Savio Vega... Guess what? You remember this. As hot as the jalapeno pepper is, your ass is fired as of today. Here's another one. Crush. That wasn't making any waves here in the WWF. Just idle. Just moseying alone. But when he joined the nation, what happened? I took it to championship status. What did he do? Stab me in my back. Well, Crush, you can join your place Take your place in the unemployment line. Fire! You're fired! You can't fire me, they're, they're putting it out there. I mean, like we talked about the stuff about, hey, the old white man in the back finally said, gave someone a chance and then shit on it. Um, I love this storyline because they're going to make this a bigger, better, badder, blacker nation because they're going to shit on everyone else. Um, it, it plays to, this is the kind of thing that plays to everything that happens to, to Ron Simmons in real life. And he, you know, he gets to play that back. Yes, that's what's great. Now I'm in control. The whole exact that's a perfect I, phrase because the whole time I was praising like wrestling promoters for not necessarily going mega stereotypey on him because of the color of his skin. On his terms. He 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 they well, the and this was him. a this was a place when, you know, wrestling was Vince was telling Austin, I don't fucking know. You tell me what you want to do. And I think that, you know, Simmons came in right at the right time and he just wanted to try something like, what if I kind of get a little bit Everyone wants to write racial storylines about me. What if I get racial? What if I get a little like, hey, you're great. holding us back and this and that. And I'm going to I'm gonna be. Which is really happening. Right. Happening. It was happening even back then in 1997. And it was just. Hell yeah. It was so like right in your face. And I, I'm going to be honest and humble as a as a white guy. Um, I I could not connect with this gimmick because I. I'm not going to be ignorant and sit here and tell you. I would, I would argue we connect more with it now than we did then. I don't know. Yes. I don't know what it's like to be judged on the color of my skin. I will. I don't know what we're going to keep in this episode or what, what, what we're going to decide we want to. But I'm going to be honest and, and be a man and just say, I don't know what it's like. So I don't have an opinion. You don't know what that's like. I don't have an opinion. So when this gimmick, when the nation came around. I, I don't want to use the phrase I didn't care for it because that sounds like I'm insensitive. And that's not that was not my feeling. But I didn't care for it in the sense of like a wrestling fan. I couldn't connect with it. Wrestling characters that get over, they connect with you on a level. Uh, whether it's uh, uh, 
something about religion, something about uh, the rate, your race, something about your sex, something about whatever. But I would, but I would argue that how many people did it connect with, right? No, that's what I mean. And so yeah, I, looking back, like what you just said, I, God, I really like look at back at the nation and nobody gives it the credit early on that it deserved. It's massive. Uh, just, it's massive in the sense that the statement that Simmons made and that he was allowed, Vince was allowing them to do, they were just trying to find that chord to strike with you, right? That something, mm-hmm. something, and they were heels too. So I, I hate to say this, but you know, if there were some racist people out there, fine. You know, and <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to be a dick. I'm just saying that because they were going to boo the shit out of it. And right. They were Only when we go to the anyway. southern states. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> I, tell, every I, other state. You're and again, I'm guessing I wasn't backstage, obviously, but I think Vince and Ron knew this and they were just like, this is fine. You're going to get the people that are going to connect with you that are. Hey, yeah, I, I hate I hate to like, be that guy. But but Simmons Simmons is a kind of guy that can get a pulse on. And it's not hard to get the pulse on how an African American person is judged in this country, right? Especially then twenty. You years just ago, say it. Years ago. You just say it, and it's and, true. And he's like, like, no, and I might as well make some money off of it. Um, that sounds really bad. It's but not. I, but I can argue. But, but I can argue that he flipped the script and got people to really think about what happens for real in, in this country on, on a judgment based on the color of your skin. And uh, the fact that he flipped it and got people to get really pissed about it, and he got paid. Kudos. Well, and good it was. Uh, I went back watch a lot of Absolutely. promos of theirs too. Uh, and they're they're good. I, uh, just watching with twenty twenty one eyes, I was like, oh, now I get it. You know, like wow, this is like strong. And like Simmons was. You could you could do this now. Well, he was cutting promos. Not, Simmons was always pretty good promo. People don't give him credit for it, but he knew what he was saying. You know, back yeah, then. Was, but mm-hmm. but like but here he's speaking about kind of life, and so. When he would yeah. talk, Simmons was strong and just like talking and like, you know, no more of this and we're not standing for it. And it was just really kind of powerful when I go back and look at it with 2021 eyes. I'm like, man, like this was this was just stupid wrestling back in 1997. And you had guys that were able to get on there and just be like, well, I'm going to I'm going to say what the fuck bothers me. You're holding me down. I'm sick of this shit. Like, and it's just kind of, oh, like, I you know, I would say probably two years later that group came along it would have been a bigger deal but back here in like the infancy stage at the end of 96 beginning 97 i don't think people knew what to do with it yet just like they didn't know what to do with austin yet even though he was already austin 316 here they didn't know yet what to do with there's them. a there's we a processing of, there's a ton of there's a ton of did it hold up in this episode and there's a ton of ahead of their time items yeah in this, episode this already. definitely runs into that ahead of their time it like, runs into I think all of that farouk is uh you know he's an unselfish veteran i think he also probably thought of um well, why not give other guys the rub too in this group if it can help build other stars? Well, it's coming. It's you know? coming. Let's and talk about I, that right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, yeah. That's I feel shortly, like Farouk would have to say you know, that too. Shortly after Ahmed Johnson would have to leave the group again due to the legit injuries he was facing, they would replace him with Rocky Maivia, who would eventually become The Rock. And they would feud with Savio Vega, who made his own faction called uh, Los Boricas. 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 And Crush, who formed his own faction called the DOA. I don't even know why this is in here. Stop. Um, Mark Henry would Gang join Warfare, the Dave. Gang Warfare. All right. I like the All Gang right. Warfare. All right, Crush. Settle down. Whoa. Mark Henry would join the nation crush. in January of 1998. As The Rock was slowly developing his character, he would challenge the leadership choices of Farouk and eventually overrun to take over said group of the nation. Really good stuff here. 
you can see and again this a this, lot of people again, remember this, is, this part because uh and, th- and that's the thing like simmons built this yeah but then an simmons article also i read knew- an article i read was perfect about it because they were talking about the when the nation was originally done it was about race and like oppression but when the attitude era kicked off and the rock got known the rock used it because rock is of color as well but he used it as just a character launch point so then the nation became character wise after this because like the rock it was all about the rock's character and over the topness and then he would challenge Farouk and Farouk kind of looked like the boring fuddy duddy you know like that didn't want to have any yeah. fun and didn't ever want to like you know the rock would just call him right. out so and it became a different nation because after this they developed the godfather gimmick they developed whatever and they said this nation is what a lot of people remember and Owen Hart was a member of it for a yep, second the black heart yeah the black it. heart and like it was fucking great it was uh it was just people remember that but the early one in 96 97 was super groundbreaking because they were very sterile and it wasn't a character driven faction it was a fact driven faction it was real and then now it turned to the rock just a silly fucking over the top character we like you know he comes in there and, and it worked but this is kind of where Farouk has to sort of part ways and that's why i really believe that i think Farouk meant it when he first started it he connected with the product when he was able just to talk yeah like in, in the early nation and then fruits never had charisma in the sense of like sting or whatever like i don't mean that to shit on him fruits fucking farouk simmons is he's simmons serious. right he's serious that's yeah. it there's no gimmick uh even when they were first the acolytes right. you know they had to paint the shit on their chest i'm sure he was uncomfortable with that because he's like i'm i just want to go out there and fucking spike uh, uh, spine bus or someone, yeah. you know, just tear somebody's but head off. But it changed. Like, I'm a it, Christian man. Yeah. But you also, but you also <laughs> understand. I, I think that Ron Simmons understood that where where this was going, and he knew where he knew where the nation domination was taking the Rock, and this was going to pay off. And that's it's just where it it's where it kind of formed on its own. Yeah, right? cementing his legacy and, regardless. But he's also he's also man enough to understand that it was coming to an end, and that's okay. So at WrestleMania 14, The Rock would defend his IC title against Ken Shamrock. Good match. Farouk came down to the ring acting like he was going to help The Rock and said he told The Rock, no. And he walked away. This churned, uh, he churned, this churned Simmons' face? Yeah, or, Simmons. This churned Ron Simmons' face and he was kicked out of the Nation of Domination the next night on Raw. So- Wait a minute. So Rock, the Rock takes that over fully at this moment, which leads into the some badass shit. I love it. This is 1998 late. Simmons began teaming with Justin Bradshaw. They formed an occult-like team called the Acolytes. Um, that's where you kind of get, like you said, just the crazy writing the on The Satan-like symbols put on them or whatever. Yeah. Originally managed by the Jackal, they were a violent, stiff-style team. The only way Bradshaw knows how. Shortly after, the Jackal left the WWF and the team joined the Undertaker in his faction called the Ministry of Darkness. During the Undertaker's spell, they carried out his demonic and cult-like orders. But in mid-1999, the Acolytes defeated X-Pac and Kane to win the WWF Championships at 
fully loaded. Super cool. After the ministry broke up due to the Undertaker having an injury, Farouk and Bradshaw continued to team together. They changed their gimmicks from that satanic cult look to the beer drinking, cigar smoking, card playing badasses called the APA, the Acolyte Protection Agency, during their promotion services to the highest bidder. Farouk adapted his catchphrase, which was (laughs) around this time. They would win a total of three WWF Tag Team Championships during their run, and the feud with teams like the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, the New Age Outlaws. Jackie would also accompany them. That was awesome. I totally forget about that. Good call out, Jess. The APA would team until 2002 when Farouk was drafted to SmackDown and Bradshaw was drafted to Raw. Simmons dropped the Farouk name, went back to Ron Simmons, saying damn on every taping he could um, until he left TV in December of 92. 2002. I, I, I know we went through that, but this is this is some shit. This is no, it, they, this is they're, the Ron they're Simmons skits back when about. they had the door up and like they made it. Yeah, knock a, do- a door that was just yeah, you a door with come no in. walls around When it. anybody would yeah. walk around the door, <laughs> they'd be like, you didn't knock. And they would make him go yeah. back around and yeah. knock on the door. <laughs> the Rock was funny with them. Like they did all... Like those skits with the APA was so fun, and like the poker, and they would just be smoking and drinking. And if somebody come back and have a problem, they'd be like, you know, they'd play them. And if they won the card game, they would go and help them or whatever. They did all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> Jackie would sit there and Love smoke it. cigars with them. Yeah, and drink smoke beer. cigars. Like, yeah, it was awesome, man. Like I, I, I have different opinions about Bradshaw because we all know he's sort of a bully, and and or that's what we've heard. We don't, we're not in the industry, right? Like we just believe what we read, but at the same time, like I just. You know, you could have knocked on our door. You walked right through our wall. What like wall? the door right there, man. The that wall. That's our door. It's our office. How about a knock? Take your like, Yeah, like that. You weren't raising a barn. Get the door. Watch the rock. Oh, I beat the whole door, man. What's up, man? Great job at SummerSlam. Hey, the rock is back. I'm proud of you, brother. WCW towel is finally where it needs to be. The question's exactly where it's going to stay. Never right seen, man. Hey, they were a great team. They were fun, and they are a team I totally remember. And they were the hard part. They were my style of wrestlers. I love stiff shit, man. It's fun to watch. Yeah, stiff shit. I don't like people hurting I, I, people, but I love stiff shit. And they would. Oh well, man! And I think the hard part of what most people remember is is Bradshaw's lariat during Jesus, these times. the clothesline from hell. The clothesline from hell. Yeah. But I mean, Ron Simmons was key to this, and he he did a lot of power moves of his own. But I also believe that he he means Simmons would be like, look. Give Bradshaw his time in the sun too. It was it was equal time yeah. for them, and you know, being allowing Bradshaw to kind of come out like that. You could argue there's no there's no JBL without Ron Simmons. I think that's fair. Oh yeah, um, because there's no way that JBL wouldn't be able to come out on his own and produce this. But JBL got the lariat over, got the uh, sorry the the clothesline from hell over. But Ron Simmons was a part of that. Just nasty tag team that was stiff, and everybody loved to see when they came out. It would, it, it was an LOD pop. It was the closest thing to it. When those guys come out, they knew someone was going to get their ass kicked. And I think too, and was, uh, going back matter. to his singles right. run and the way he was there, I think 
I could be wrong. Um, again, this is us guessing. We're fans giving our opinions. Uh, I think you know verbally and 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 emotionally, he loved the nation. Uh, you know, beginning of the nation stuff because he could get out what he of wanted course. to get out. But I think wrestling as a pro wrestler, he found his niche with the APA. Like oh, yeah. this was what Ron Simmons wanted to be all along. Like he wanted to be somebody I, that would just smash you. And I, I mean, I, I haven't I haven't heard about interviews with with Simmons, but I, I can think of two things that he'd be most proud of. One would be the world championship, and the other one would be, you know, would be the nation of domination because he created it, controlled it. Um, work, he he's responsible for the Rock being the Rock, you know, in, in a sense, like coming into his nation. He, I don't know which one he weighs higher, but it's got to be one of those two things, right? So, Probably the nation. Um, and I think you said it, it perfect too. With APA yeah. Bradshaw would APA have, though too. Yeah, Bradshaw would not have been the single star that there he was go. without being. With he would Ron not have been a world while. champion. Like because he Ron Simmons built JBL to be a world champion. How 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 crazy! I is agree that? with that. I think that like people don't really realize behind the scenes a lot of the pairings and stuff are done for a reason. They had tried Bradshaw a little while before and they just couldn't get out of it Bradshaw what they wanted. He was even a new blackjack for a while, and like yeah, it was just I yeah, you know, he just they couldn't figure out something for him. And when he got teamed with Ron, they I think something it, in Brad something about Ron calmed Bradshaw. Where he was just like, "This is it." I okay, like I can, and then Bradshaw. It's almost like he ma he made Bradshaw comfortable and got him yes, into the, and uh, Bradshaw would cut it. good promos, and he was the, kind of the funny animated one of the group. Like Simmons would yeah. be like, "No, man, we're doing this." He'd be like, "Come on, Ron!" Like you know, he would get like uh, you know excited or whatever. <laughs> That's like right. it was just they, it, 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 they played off each other. Without Ron, I don't think Bradshaw would have found JBL. I don't think at no. all. I, I I really no. Don't. He wouldn't have had the confidence to do it. Yeah, and be that chicken shit heel that eventually wins a world title. Um, and, and it's okay to losing to Guerrero, by the way. Yeah, which is fantastic in itself. So, so much stuff. Come on, give Ron the comeuppance of what of what he's provided to the industry. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, he would That's return he gets in WWE in June of 03, begin to team with Bradshaw again. And his last storyline, APA would lose the match on SmackDown. And though the general manager Paul Heyman would fire them, instead he fired Ron Simmons, but only told Bradshaw he could stay. In the storyline, Bradshaw accepted Heyman's offer, uh, and, and Simmons walked away, accusing him of turning his back on their friendship because they were, you know, uh, Simmons yeah, was yeah. an ECW guy for a small period of time. EPA, I said I was firing you, Farouk. What? what? You need to think about your own future, Mr. Bradshaw. I think you should know. I think very highly of you. You're a respected financial analyst who's had a major book published. And who's now on Fox News? We don't need this. Let's get out of here, bro. Come. Oh. Hey, hold on, man. Don't tell me. After all these years. Well, I'll be damned. In reality, Simmons was wanting to retire from in ring work due to injury and age. Just kind of started to wear on him. The WWE actually let Simmons uh, go to the backstage mix misconduct after a mentioned pre-taped segment aired um, in 2006. No, so what Simmons happened was, be, yeah, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah like what that. was it? Uh, they actually, the day that that segment aired, so the whole storyline was APA were back together. They got granted a world tag title shot. And then they were walking down the hall. Cena did some embarrassing shit to Heyman. And I think Heyman was general manager or he was former. He just became former, something like that. I think he was still general manager. And uh, Cena did something to humiliate him. So Heyman's walking back from the ring all oh, flustered because Cena did some bullshit to him. 
and Ron and uh, 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 Bradshaw are walking down the hall, going to their match, and they, oh, it, like he bucked him. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Paul Heyman. Excuse me. That's what Ron said. I didn't, I didn't mean to almost run into you. And Heyman's like, that's fine. He was like, man, out there. Oh, damn. Like, and he did a whole thing. And so Heyman's like, oh, you <laughs> like that? He's like, he's like, oh, you like that? Like, you, you think that's funny? He's like, well, you know what I think is really funny is you guys have a world tag title match tonight, right? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, I think it's really funny that if you guys don't win, um, you're fired. You're fired. And so like he did it, but the way he did it, I didn't do it justice. Paul Heyman perfectly played it to where he didn't directly address JBL. He just addressed Ron. He just said like, so you and your partner think this is really funny. He was like, well, for your sake, I hope that you win tonight because if you don't, if you and your partner fail to win the world title, you're fired. That's the way he said it to Ron, but you don't think that. And then when they lose the match, they come back and then he's like, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. Say yeah, he Bradshaw. was like, he's like, I, I didn't say anything about Bradshaw. I said, you're fired. Bradshaw, you can stay if you want. I see a lot of talent in you, blah, blah, blah. So then when they left, like Bradshaw, like looked down and Ron's like, come on, man, let's go. And he was like looking down Bradshaw and he's like, are you serious, man? You're going to stay after all this time. But in real mm-hmm. life. After that aired on SmackDown, they fired you don't Simmons. See it they, they, no, they. So what fi- was the reason? Yeah, uh, what was the backstage misconduct? Jim Ross was asked about it. Uh, Bruce Pritchard was super. Bruce Pritchard just went with the generic thing of it was time. But um, Jr. said, "I don't know if it was a, a failed steroid test or if it was." Uh, uh, but that was, he said, "I don't know." He's a, or yeah. it was misconduct. There's a rumor that he got in Big Show's face. Big Show pissed off Simmons. And Simmons told him to get up and he was going to knock him out in front of everybody. And so JR said, that would have been ugly. That would have been just fucking crazy. Like to see yeah. Simmons. Like, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's going to come out on that. Yeah. yeah. So that was the whole thing is like that he was in a bad mood and he was getting older and he wanted to retire anyway. And like he yeah. was, uh, Big Show pissed him off. And I guess he did instigate. So again, this is just what I've gathered. I don't know. We're not a news site again, folks. Calm down. Um, I heard that it could have been you hear. it could have been mi- some misconduct. That wasn't a failed drug test. It was misconduct, and he was just getting to the end of his rope anyway with everything. Um, and 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 you know, it's like <laughs> he, he probably has. That's what Dave answers, Dave Meltzer. What do you think about everything that's going on right now? Yeah, and 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 you know, it's like <laughs> so. Yeah, in 2006, Simmons would begin to appear randomly on WWE television and begin the what was that again? I can't read my notes. <laughs> there it is. Skits. He would pop up on special anniversaries uh, and shows or the big pay-per-views just to get a diome in there. In 2014, Simmons was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame by his partner, JBL. Damn. Well damn deserved is what I say. Uh, Ron Simmons doesn't get enough play, doesn't get enough credit. Um uh, there's many that can argue that one JBL wouldn't have been a champion. You can argue that the rock wouldn't be the rock that you know today. That's attracting millions of viewers on national television for a TV syndicated show. Um, just phenomenal stuff. I mean, there's, there are a lot of catalysts. He might, he might be the yeast in the, in the bread, so to speak for a lot of people. And the guy could work. The guy, uh, you know, could, could hold a title. I just, I think, um, I think ahead of his time is is in there. I think if 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 he t- if he was available now in the shape he was in in the late '80s, early '90s, uh, he'd be a part of a major world title run like the stuff we're seeing right now with Bobby Lashley. Um, you know, for people of color, and um, all I can say is fantastic stuff. The the picture that Jess has here, and also behind him with the WCW title, looks fantastic. Um, Short lived, 
and it should have been longer and there should have been more of it. Um, the man's amazing. Still kicking. Uh, championships and accomplishments. Are you ready? Yes. Pro Illustrated, um, sorry, Pro Wrestling Illustrated called him the inspirational wrestler of the year in 1992. In WCW, he was the United States Tag Team Champion with Big Josh. He was also the WCW NWA Tag Team Champion with Butch, Butch Rigg as a part of Doom. And he was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. But in World Wrestling Federation slash entertainment, he was the WWF Tag Team Champion three times with Bradshaw of the APA. Damn! Fantastic. Nice list stuff. right there. I wish it was more. He's entitled to more. But, I mean, um, the stuff that he did. Uh, yeah, just a other than, world other than heavyweight champion. The, like, he proved that he's one of the best. He's one of the best tag wrestlers I, I ever. Think, and nobody talks about it. With, with Even though Doom only had, they were only together for what? Like, barely a year, a little over a year. And for nine months out of that year, they were world tag team champions. And then they split up. But we still talk about Doom as like they were together for you know, 20 years or 10 years or whatever. Like they were together as long as LOD was. Yeah. Or even as long as APA was. And then he comes in there. Don't get me wrong. He didn't win the title 19 times like Edge and Christian or the Dudley boys or the Hardy boys. And I'm not trying to shit on them. It's a different world. It was meaningful. Yeah. You had to figure in this, in the attitude era, you know, younger was more attractive. The flashy shit falling off the ladders, all that stuff was kind of the name of the game. But you still had APA, which were just they were bruisers. They were fucking stiff pro wrestlers, still won the title three times, which is cool. I would shit. I would I would take a I would take a snug tag team right now over some of that stuff. That'd be the food. Yeah. Yeah. We never like get that. a chance to talk about Ron Simmons. I think now you asked me in the beginning why, and I was like, I don't really know, but I do know. Uh like I I, we never get to talk about him. And I loved Ron Simmons when I was growing up. Like, you know, yeah, I was a big Hogan guy, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, like, Ron Simmons was one of the ones that, like, I really liked. And I, even the young Jess, you know, before I really knew 100%, like, you know, I knew wrestling was fake, obviously. But, like, you know, when you just, you, I didn't know 100% of the politics yet. You know, internet wasn't a thing. And, but Ron Simmons was one of the guys I always was like, why, why the fuck aren't you pushing him harder? Why not? Like, He's everything you want. Like, he's awesome. Like, he's physically just um, impressive to look at. And he's an athlete as all hell. And, like, this guy, like, is is a power wrestler. He can get in there with other good guys. He had already established himself with Doom. I will always remember him for Doom and for winning the world title. Those are my things. And I'm not saying I don't respect the APA run or the nation or whatever, but me personally, that's what I connected with Ron Simmons as because I just thought he was a good wrestler. And I was like, this guy's cool as shit and he's tough. And he's, I believe everything he did from his uh, spine buster, the stand-up spine buster, you know, Ander- Anderson would pick him up and turn over with them, but Simmons would pick him up and fucking throw him straight down hard. Uh, The Dominator, his fucking like side pal driver face pancake or whatever you want to call it. Like that was a great move too. Like Simmons was he was cool as shit, man. I I love Simmons. You'll still you'll still geek out over his scoop, you know, power slam. His scoop power slam is awesome. Yeah. Gravy. It, I, mean, I know. Well, I think because I think because is because you connect with them probably more with the nation shit and going forward. I don't mean shit isn't a yeah. bad thing, by the way. I just mean like nation just, stuff. I mean, and, no. Uh, I was just gonna say if you on paper, like when you, I mean, well, not on paper, but like considering how they treated the, the uh, world title run in WCW, I, I think to me he, his legacy was cemented more because of the fact that he created the nation and it was so groundbreaking, and then the fact that the, I mean, yeah, Dave, you already said that the, the Rock may have not been the Rock if it wasn't for him. I mean. You could say, yeah, maybe The Rock would still do it in the nation if he was in the nation and, and, you know, build off of that. But 
like Jess said, you need that he was a fuddy duddy, and you kind of needed that to go against the Rock. You yeah, needed that party that catalyst, yeah. and then and then you needed Farouk for all his talents, man. Like I said, as a kid watching that, I'm like, oh, this guy's a legit tough guy. This guy, this guy's scary. This guy, this guy's mean. He'll take anybody out. And then same with Bradshaw. I mean, yeah, he he didn't feud with Bradshaw like how he did with the Rock to have Rock launch his career off. But I think being with Farouk allowed Bradshaw to warm up and to get comfortable. And that's why he was able to become the you know wrestling god and everything. But that that to me, just those two accomplishments right there are big co- accomplishments, and the nation of domination part as well, creating that. I, to me, that sticks out more than this title run because I wasn't watching WCW as a kid when he was a champion yet. I mean, sparsely, but not not focused on him. But I mean, to me, that's the stuff that stands out. And I think you know, even if he didn't have that world title run, I still think he would be worthy of the Hall of Fame and, and of a legacy episode. That's just, you know, my thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think and that's why we're doing the legacy, right? It goes without saying. Yeah. Um, he is. Yeah, and that's he, just because totally, of how WCW handled the, the world title. They, the world title they, run. That's they why. They that up pretty bad. It would have been a lot better if they didn't do it that so way. so inexcusable. You know, right yeah. That's why I'm like, yeah. eh, yeah, you know, that's cool that he broke his, made history, but well, does it matter anymore since they treated it the way yeah. they did? Like, it's funny because you would think a world title run would be more impressive, but the Nation of Domination is probably... Um, it's his masterpiece. The music was cool. Of, everything, man. Just yeah. Everything. Of, yeah. All the nation's music. Cool oh my God. The it, music. Yeah. One of the best for audio fans. Give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Google podcast, or you can even watch our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel on social media. Give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP 2019 and catch us on Facebook at our wrestling podcast. This is Dave, Justin cuz with the OWP signing off. Have a good one. Damn!